0: G'day, folks. It's the coach here, and welcome to the of quartz smashing. No, what do you do when you eat Aether quartz? I was thinking like I'm going to smash my of quartz like we do when we go to the gym. Like we have our pre workout, yeah. we just smash it. Yeah. Um, it but is. Are you okay? Up, yeah, you know, light, light it up, rack up that that um that Aether Quartz and smash it <laughs> to get those additional casts. It is the coach here and we are talking Luminous Realm Lords. I hope YouTube doesn't ban me already thinking I'm doing mad drug talk. Um <laughs> it, it is Are You OK Day? So I wanna make sure that I ask everybody are they okay? Uh, it's an important day to ask your friends and your mates are they okay? And are they really doing okay? And, you know, to reach out whether it's to a professional or to a friend uh, if you are not feeling okay. We are talking Luminef. I am okay. Uh, Lumineth is one of those fun armies that I enjoy talking about because it gives me a headache just talking about lists. Like when I look at the optimization and the builds and the options, there is so much in Lumineth, And I brought back by popular demand the Elf Bro himself, Hayden. G'day, Hayden. Welcome back. Hey, matey. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Dude. I'm still waking up, brother. <laughs> Mate, you set the time. It is. It's I like did. silly like in did. the morning in Australia, uh, and we're talking Lumineth. Um, how are you been?
1: I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, li- living life in sunny Queensland, not in lockdown, unlike yourself. That's right. I'm doing a hard time learning how to make prison prison wine. Um, <laughs>
0: but we are talking Lumineff and I guess... Like when I look at Lumineth and, you know, I'd love your observations on, on how you're finding it in 3E, they feel pretty much unchanged. Like when I looked at some of the tournament results and some of the lists that have been doing really well, whether it is, you know, high performers like Joe Cryer or Jack Armstrong, or even just Avery Joe, um, the the Lumineth hasn't really seen a negative impact to 3E, whether it is cause the second Battle Tome whether it's because of the depth of the roster whether it's just because um what was working in 2E kind of work still works in 3E but what do you, what's your take so
1: far on on, on Lumineth in in the early edition of third yeah you pretty much hit the nail on the head there man um a lot of the lumineth stuff really the good stuff really hasn't taken too much of a hit um the big thing takeaway from the army is that you've lost about a third whatever you had in your list you've you've lost about a third of it So the point costs really hit Lumineth hard um, in terms of the point increases. But as we can still look at these results that are coming in from around the world, um, they're still doing really, really well, unsurprisingly. um, They are still a really good army and they have a lot of tools to deal with the things that are coming out of third edition already. So...
0: Yeah, they've got they've got all the tools, whether it is, you know, to take advantage of the new command points or the command, you know, command point structure, but also the command abilities. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about some of the stuff like, you know, because there's been a lot of changes. You've had coherency, table sizes, battle tactics, grand strategies, reinforcements. I wonder yeah. though, has reinforced I probably imagine reinforcements is one of those negatives, I guess, because there were times where you would see those nasty builds of having up, you know, a massive horde of archers. If you didn't go techless, it's
1: actually worse <laughs> because oh. you could only reinforce sentinels, who let's be honest, they are the problem unit within Luminath, uh, the big bad unit within. They used to only be units of 20, you can now go to units of 30 because they can be battle line and reinforced twice.
0: Mm. And yeah, now that you but you've, only, to but leave, you've only got. You've only got four points, though. I suppose that's still enough to yeah, double. You're, you're only really reinforcing
1: box. one unit.
0: Yeah, yeah you never – well, I mean, you did see builds in, in the UK for a little bit where you'd get up to, what,
1: 80 archers,
0: like 60 to 80
1: archers. Yeah. yeah, but you, a lot of the ones that we've seen now is, like, one unit of 30, um, and then you combine that with Unleash Hell and suddenly you've got 30 archers that are – doing mortal wounds on fires. when They shoot you when you charge them or there's, there's lots of little things within the, uh, the new edition to make use of shell. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But overall, you know, your, your, your thoughts so far is that Lumineth have just come off pretty well. Um, yeah. We're, we're, yeah. We've already seen them doing well at tournaments, which is probably a surprise to nobody.
1: Yeah. There's, there's still the scalpel army. So they're, they're, they're not like your gargants or, I guess, your, your big armies that come through and just smash off the entire army off the table. Uh, the way that 3rd Edition is, um, and we're very hero-heavy again, they are the scalpel that go, okay, well, let's kill off these two 5-wound heroes and suddenly they can't utilize, you know, a lot of the battle tactics or command abilities or something like that that make it a lot better for that army to function so and shoot the heroes armies usually fall apart still that hasn't changed well it's interesting you mentioned shooting the heroes like
0: obviously one that's a meme you know shoot the heroes it's obviously the lumineth one of the lumineth builds which is all about you know shooting the heroes you mentioned hero hammer and i'm seeing a lot of armies and i've mentioned this in previous shows if you're new to the you know this channel you might not have heard me say it but you are seeing a lot of competitive lists right now putting a lot of points in their heroes it could be up to 50 point, 50% of their list or more, and often those lists are building them into really strong, supercharged heroes. They're going into the Elarials, the Teclases, the the Marathis, the Gotreks, the Archaons. Like, you know, they go in the Gashes. Like, they're going into these superheroes. How are you finding Lumineth right now in that in that Hero Hammer meta? Because you've only got Teclas, and Teclas isn't that combat beat stick that
1: oh, majority with- of them are. We've got Eltharion. Come on now. <laughs> I it- I'm I talking actually- like these superheroes. I'm talking the superheroes. Yeah, exactly. He's he a superhero. I actually really rate Eltharion now. Like, seriously. Um, he's like a changing- mini GoTrek. Yeah, he's a mini GoTrek. It's fantastic. And the fact that he can heal himself and he still halves damage. It's great. I love it. Um, but uh, Sire. Sire is still the... The great counter to the god hammer meta, of my general is six inches back from the front line, and I can just go cool. Okay, on charges in. Okay, on can't fight. Marathi charges in. Marathi can't fight. It's, uh it, it still stops all of that. But yes, Eltharian is king. He is you've, good quality. You've got a lot of, of fans here, Eltharian, it's, because it's my, my people.
0: Well, it's interesting because when Eltharion came out in that first box, right, like it was a gorgeous sculpt. When I saw that and some of the, you know, just shows you how far Games Workshop had gone from a modeling perspective. But I think I'd only seen it on the table, like against myself, probably once. It seemed like that model that everyone really wanted to but they'd rather just put in Warden Sentinels, Cathalar, Endless Spells, techless. They It was that first model that had to be dropped because they wanted something else.
1: Exactly, yeah. So it's one of those things where you look at it and go, you could put in other things that do a job better. Um, he was a little bit too pricey back then. I think he's very well pointed at 250 points now, considering he has all this extra ability to use these new, I guess, command abilities and all that kind of jazz now. So it's it's very good. (laughs) But overall, you're feeling good about Lumineth. They've
0: got some tools. And we'll kind of unpack this a little bit because I think for me, you know, I I really want to know from you um, what are some of the things that you're really excited about with Lumineth? How are you taking advantage of some of these things, right? You know, you've got coherency. And the first thing I thought about with coherency is, the impacts to what you used to run, which was a lot of Dawn Riders. You loved your Dawn Rider list, and you would run multiple units or at least a big unit of Dawn Riders. But now the base coherency and the way that you've got to kind of like rejig it is a bit of a disincentive, I've felt.
1: Yeah, I was crying in the corner a little bit. I'm not going to lie. You're taking a units of five. Like you look at third ed and you're not taking lots of big units anymore because of that um in terms of your I guess combat heavy units. Um whereas you are still seeing it with your shooting units. Uh but units of five Dawn Riders are still very good. And the fact that you have the uh strike like lightning, whatever the ability is called the the pick two units to fight when you activate. Um units of lightning five Reflex. Lo- lightning yeah, reflex. Yep. Um <laughs> uh, it's close. It's close. Nice. Um, I get the, the page right in front of me. I had to make sure, yeah. like, so like I, the, I'm... Yeah, the strike two units striking every time you activate it really makes the, I guess, MSU style work a lot better. It, it it's not as good as say um, Mighty Destroy, not Mighty Destroyers, um, Smashing and Bashing, but at the same time. T- taking two automatic activations every time you activate is very good still. So. Yeah,
0: it, it's great to be, to be able to do more damage, to be able to reduce threats, just you know, just hit hit before your guys because you, you don't have the greatest durability and that's not what elves no. have ever been about. Uh, but Autumn brought up an interesting comment and it reminded me the last time that we talked, you were talking about a build where you had, uh, I can't remember the exact end oh, of the spell,
1: Sanctum, yeah, the sanctum. Yeah,
0: yeah. How how have you found the you know an autumn's thinking that you know the the lumineth endless spells now are worthless? I don't know if I'd go that far.
1: No, uh, yeah, no, how, I wouldn't go worthless. A- I think the only one that really took a massive hit was the twin stones, and it was deservedly they took a hit because they were bonkers. Um and they yeah, got they were good. Yeah, it's like cogs. There were things that were stupidly underpriced. And yeah, good, good. Sorry, Corey, but it needed to happen. Um, (laughs) Cogs were stupid for 45 points. Absolutely stupid. Um, The change to that in the recent FAQ where only one wizard can use the cogs now is still very good for 45 points to get a free... What is essentially a free artifact every turn. Or you can still go, I'm going to give my entire army within 18 inches plus one to charge to make those you know 9 inch charge into an 8 inch charge and say you've got something that has plus one to charge already you now got a 7 inch charge like and that would help
0: and that would help with things like redeploy as well or, yeah exactly or, you know the fact that i can only use one command point to uh, re-roll the charge so um yeah 45 points for cogs i mean old cogs like early third cogs for Lumineth and zinch and there's a few armies it was just way too much value um in one endless spell
1: yeah that's it so the, the changes that we've seen to the endless spells have been great, um, that they're not as I guess uniformly in every list anymore, um, which is which is a good thing. So,
0: what about um? So I know one thing, one endless spell that was always in the lists that I would play against, and it was in combo with the Cathalar, is the spell portal. Has that changed much for you, or the way you're looking at the Cathalar, um, the Cathalar endless spell combo?
1: So I've got a lot of lists that have that kind of uh, endless spell with the bloody, what's it called, spell portal. Um, Works great with techless still. Like the changes of it being one spell goes through the spell portal doesn't really change for Lumineth. Like you put Teclis' spell through, you put Solar Flare through, which is something that I learned at the last event. I was really looking at Solar Flare going, eh, it's all right, and then it happened to me, and I'm like, oh, God, this spell is fantastic. Why have I been overlooking this thing? Um, <laughs> the, it, the minus two to cast through a spell portal is just absolutely bonkers because it's – so you go, you put it through the spell portal. For, through the spell portal, you pick a point 10 inches from the spell portal. So you've got, what, an essentially a 28-inch threat range to pick your point. From there, it's t- within 12 inches of that point, is minus two to cast for, for wizards so if you're coming up against an enemy lumineth army you're coming up against seraphon Nagash. it you, Nagash suddenly can't doesn't have plus three um it's very good like yeah. if you don't have someone like Teclis, it who can't be modified it's very very good like yeah
0: i think it kind of shows you that they are a scalpel army and there are some builds where you can be really alpha aggressive but you know the tools that lumineth really bring to the table is being able to unpick and you know you can really unravel um that's probably what what comes to my mind like grabbing like one thread of yarn from a shirt and you just pull it and then the whole kind of this unravels over time and there are there are different builds, right? You know, I've seen, and I've mentioned Gr- Joe Cryer in the past um, around the Fox build, and there's that really oppressive kind of Fox build that is out there and just pinning people in their deployment zones. You've still got the Jack Armstrong build that's been running around. I mean, it's not the, the Jack
1: Armstrong it, build, it, it, but Jack, the, Jack, Jack has done really, really well with it. Yeah, it, it's the Sire Warden Sentinel build that has been around for a, since the book dropped. Like, it's, it's yeah, it's been the list um it's just i i, I only call it the jack one because he's
0: done really well at uh, one of the most recent tournaments so probably someone of no notoriety who's also done really well so um it's still working in 3e yeah
1: so there's still those lists running around the fox builds really good i personally am not a big fan of those kind of lists um just cuz i like actually engaging with my opponent and not just having them sit there on their phone and hating life um but the fox builds really good in terms of, like like we were saying before, what is the scalpel army, and if you have four foxes that do Ren two for D three with a lot of shots with lots of movement, you're not killing, you're not doing a lot of wounds, you're not bringing down a mega gargan every turn with that list, but you're bringing down, your, I guess five to eight wound heroes that are keeping key things alive or giving out key abilities. You're taking down cauldrons. You're taking down, you know, in Daughters of Cain, you're taking down hags. You're taking down eidolons. You're taking down turtles. Like you, you're killing one thing at a time, but you're really making sure you kill that thing.
0: Yeah, and you're also able to use your your, your high movement to be able to get into their exactly. deployment zone, which is like I was talking to one of, um, one of the opponents – that played against the Joe list at um, at Summer Slaughter. And he was saying that, you know, his gar- I think it was his Gargans were all, ultimately pinned in the deployment zone and there wasn't a lot of shooting. And you need a lot of shooting to be able to handle the Fox, yeah. otherwise the high movement. By the way, for anyone who doesn't know what that list is, it's very basic. Obviously, you've got 30, 30 of your um, your Sentinels, you know, your basic battle line and stuff. But then you've got three of the Wind Spirits plus um, uh, Severeth. So yep. you're using four foxes. And I've even seen lists where it's been five foxes just yep. running around. Just just it's madness.
1: Yeah. Best way to beat five foxes is use Chrome. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough.
0: <laughs> People are talking a lot about um the great nations. I was going to call you temples, but you're not you're not you're not temples, you're great nations. Um where do you think all of the great nations stand? Do you think that the ones that were popular last year are still the right ones? Is there any that have kind of fallen out of favor or do you think there's some that have so even become favorable?
1: There's a I think there's a couple that are really really good. Um big shout out to the Illuminati in the chat, love it, my people. So I'm a big fan of Illumina, um, both from a lore standpoint and from their abilities. Um, I think the big winners out of this, um, I guess, change to third ed is Ilitha. I think is the biggest winner um, because Ilitha's whole thing is it's all about twins. So what they can do is they go, say you have two units of Venari, so like a unit, two units of Sentinels, you can pick one to use a command ability in terms of, say, Unleash Hell, as long as they're within three inches of another Venari unit, so another unit of Sentinels, both units of Sentinels can use Unleash shell in that phase for one command point. So you get shot by two units of Sentinels.
0: Look, if you're throwing down uh, look, I know the Sentinels, like my eye twitched, right? Because you know, Sentinels are one of the the units right now. And it has been for a while. People yeah. don't like sentinels. And I think part of the reason is is that they're just so uninteractive. Like you're you're what, you shoot me from 30 inches out, don't a you ignore totally no yeah. line of sight, you're fishing for mortal wounds, and I just sit there and I go, cool story, bro. And and not a lot of people have the tools to be able to handle that effectively. And if you want to yeah. take down that five wound or six wound hero, that could be critical to my strategy. Um, you can shoot it off in turn one with enough shots, especially when you bring that sixes down to fives. Um, yeah. you know, so so, so I, I, I can appreciate why people don't like them. and But they are a tool and they're one of the tools that you have to be able to deal mortal wounds. Cause, um, so I don't blame you to use yes. them.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, it, you know, it, there, there's, it all comes down to intent, right? If you're there to win a tournament, bring them because they will make you they'll help you do well. They won't make you do well, but they will help you do well. Um every every unit is just a tool. It just depends on your intention of how you want to play the game and where the I guess the way you want to play the game. So
0: Maybe maybe leave them at home or maybe not bring take as many of them. Yeah, if you casual get if you casual games club, maybe maybe you know bring units of ten or something because um lumineth, especially like when I look at Twitter and I look at some of the groups that you know all of us will all kind of converge, um, it seems to draw the most amount of emotion out of people that you know they have a NPE experience, you know, that I that I enjoy Nicholas, um playing Colters, Lumineth
1: Sentinels.
0: Well, I mean, you, got, you know, you got the, the law yeah. seeker as well. And there's a whole law bunch of. Law seeker
1: isn't as bad as what people are, are saying or what people originally thought. When you could take three of them, then that's, that, that was the big problem is that they got rid of the unique, then it was a problem. The fact and that now they're are unique again, they're not a problem. They die super quick. Like if you're, if you know what you're doing, they die real, 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 real quick. So that uh, they're not, law seekers aren't really a problem. So, so let so let me ask you a couple of quick questions, right?
0: Let's call these a rapid fire questions. Yep. Yeah. Techless. Last year Techless was a uh, deci- well, it was a 50-50 split. Some people said Techless was an auto-include, some people said Techless was a trap. He's a lot of points. Both. He's a big wizard. Still still both. Where do you stand? Yeah. Where do you stand on Teclas and why?
1: So Techless is still both. I still think he's a trap. But I also see the value in Teclas, especially now with miscasts around. Um, you don't have to roll dice for him. Uh, he's great for the utility, like we were talking about before. With a lot of uh, tournaments going now, you have to put your spells for those characters on the list. Teclas goes, cool, screw you guys, I know everything. I know three spell laws, I know my two war scroll spells. And I give my entire army plus one to cast. He's very good. He's 740 points. And especially with the way that we can currently stack saves, he is very hard to kill. Because you can go all out defense. You can go mystic shield. You can go aether quartz for plus three to save. So alpha strike and KO armies aren't as much of a problem anymore. And then he just heals up. Uh, I've, I've got a list with him in hell on. Um, where he gets plus, uh, he gets all his pluses to save, but he's also my alpha strike unit in that list. Where he goes forward with speed of Hish on, drops out the rune of petrifaction, drops out his nuke, charges, and then because he's got speed of Hish, uses the command ability to retreat at the end of the phase at double his movement. Does he have a ward bubble? Was there a spell that allowed you to yeah, get it? It's one ward? of his signature spells, there's protection of checklist. Yeah which is in you can't have protection of Techless and protection of Hish on at the same time. So you can't have two ward safe bubbles, excuse me. Um, so it's 18 inches from tackleus Right. So he can go in and then because he's got speed of Hish on him, he can just retreat 24 inches at the end of the combat phase because hell on is a good thing apparently as well.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, would would you just grab techless and just drop it into any generic list? Well, I mean, you could if you use a favorite model. If it's your favorite model and you just want to run it for lols, sure, why not? But I think Hades made a really good comment here. It's if you're going down a very heavy magic, you're taking endless spells, you're taking the Cathalar, you're taking a whole bunch. Like, you're focusing your
1: Aether Quartz, no? It's hard because... If you're taking a very magic-heavy list, you want him in there for the bonuses, but you also don't want him in there because you want to focus on being able to spread the board. Because, like we were saying before, he's 740 points, and most things in Lumineth went up by 30, you know, 20 to 30 points, you're losing a lot of your list. So suddenly here's yeah. a big model for 740 points that's taking up a lot of your list. If you don't have enough bodies and you've got something in Teclas who is Fairly squishy still. In in terms of God Hammer, still fairly squishy. In terms of Lumineth, he's a lot more tanky now. But he can still die really, really quickly and easily. You can just heal him back up easier now. Any so, any endless spells? I know, I know we kind of talked about some of the spells
0: changes, but are there endless spells that you would like in a techless focus build? Because I know you've got one in the list we're going to talk yeah. about later in the show.
1: Uh, Rune of Petrifection. Petrification, sorry, not Petrification, um, is very good for throwing it out because it, it's like a Lumineth version of the uh, Warp Lightning Vortex. Um, it's 70 points, 6 inches from the base, start of the combat phase on a 4-up, D3 Mortal Wounds, minus 1 to runs and charges around, around it, and it's also you roll again at the end of the movement phase. So then it's potentially 2 lots of D3 Mortal Wounds on a 4-up. In the movement phase to stuff. So and and
0: talking about techless as well, I think that's probably one of the challenges that Paul's kind of mentioned was that sentinels all went up ten points. Yes, um, this is and then your wardens went up twenty five points. So one, it was a weird. Yeah, you were everyone.
1: Everyone in world expected the other way around. This is a big argument that I've had in terms of the points changes and how I was a little bit disgusted by it because it's they their account because because wardens make other things battle line, right? That's why they went up in points so much. They're a wizard. Wizards are good still. The fact that wizards are such a big part of third ed is a big thing. But the issue is, is that they accounted for the points cost of sentinels within wardens. So people who didn't take sentinels like myself got hit. So my I can't run my Dawn Rider build anymore because not only did the wardens go up, that made the Dawn Riders battle line. The Dawn Riders went up. And these two units weren't as bad as what Sentinels were. So Sentinels should have been you know, 160, 170 points for a unit of 10 minimum. Whereas you look at Wardens, Wardens going up to 130, 140. That's perfectly fine. Or even 130, 135, should I say. So, cause they were 120 before. So a 10 to 15 point increase, perfectly fine. Keeps in line with the rest of the army. In fact they went up like that is just absolutely bonkers because it then goes on the rest of the army there's a flow on effect there's a flow it's on a, effect. Yeah, it's a and, effect yeah
0: and you're right like when I thought when I saw the changes like I can honestly say because I've you know I come like on I'm on all the social medias I'm seeing you know Facebook comments I'm seeing Twitter comments I've got my own Discord like I'm looking at everything and I don't think I've ever seen anyone complain about wardens. Like I don't um, think people like I mean I'm, in the scale of grand grand things yeah, you know you yeah, exactly. they're, they're not they're not that high so uh, you're right i think they kind of copped it a little
1: bit yeah so like you look at it and go wardens are great in combat they got a lot of attacks they do more to wounds still you know they, they they still have all the tools but they melt like paper <laughs> they got a four up save they have one wound each and they are the worst models to play with because their spear snap all the time <laughs> that's you should get a discount in points because your
0: spear snap um i did say this was going to be like rapid fire questions and like there was complete opposite of what happened so i talked techless or no techless is it yep. the time for the b4 of secrets whether it's named or unnamed we I are know. in gur. we're in gur, we're in gur. so you're yep. getting additional victory points for monsters um yep. monster meta you got the you know the most uh, monstrous yep. rampages b4 of secrets so
1: i I like the the uh, the old uh, Red Bull as I'm calling it. Yeah, that gives you wings. Um, I think he's great. Uh, this is not this is not a Velenor. I think a Velenor is um, not so great anymore. In terms of his, he's only rend one. That's his problem. Mm. So because of all the save save stacking, five damage is great, but you've got to be able to get through it. Um, He's now no longer the I can kill everything because I've got a lot of attacks at damage five. Um, you can just go sick. I'm going to have my big cow, who's not Eumetrica keyworded, and uses a lot of stuff. So, And
0: the, non, the non-hero one is just a behemoth, so it means you could put them into Alpha Beast Pack or one of the other... Um, one of the other battalions that could just be Correct. a monster yeah. artillery slot.
1: Correct. Yeah, and he's cheaper.
0: Yeah, obviously, and cheaper as well. Yeah. But you know, just give like you know you could, for example, take two of those non-heroed um, battle cows. Potentially, yeah. And yeah. and you know, but like, you could put two of them in, right? Get the alpha beast pack, and then you could get it a free. Is it free six or free D six inches before the game starts? So if you want to go really aggressive, oh, with alpha
1: with Illumina, with was it?
0: No, the, the, the non hero oh, um... Yeah, the D six, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But, yeah you, but yeah, yeah. You, yeah you need to take the two though. So That's what I'm saying, like if you took two, yeah. like I'm saying, if you yeah, took yeah. two, you yeah. could go down that route. Good, yeah, but then but then you're like I was saying, the amount of points that you're sinking into that versus how many models you're getting is not not fantastic. I have seen I have seen
0: people like um like what we what's mentioning in the chat people looking at other monsters outside you know whether it is the Leviathan from Deepkin um yeah. the shark lost its its monster keyword unfortunately it was one of the allies that I was yeah. looking into but it it did change but Levi-
1: <laughs> Leviathans are real good they are real real good I I really underestimated them I came up against someone running three the other day and I was just like hot damn um, they barely bracket. They got a lot of damage and they're really tanky,
0: and they got that bite as well—that mortal wound bite.
1: Yeah, um, one thing that I do want to bring up with in terms of allies as well, before we, before I forget, is that uh, Soul Scryers are something that I'm looking at allying in, specifically for Curse, because Curse with Blade Lords seems absolutely funky. <laughs> I, I if anyone who's been
0: watching my show, I have a love and hate relationship with curse right now because you've got to be within nine inches of what you want to curse. And all the teleport shenanigans put you outside of nine. Yeah. So you need to find a way that you either play for the double turn and you set yourself up to then curse later. Yeah. You're durable enough to accept the loss if you lose the priority role and you curse later. Or you need some other way to get in front, whether it's a pregame move, whether it's a hero phase move or something that can curse. I don't know. That's my love-hate relationship. I love the idea. I haven't found how I can execute it yet.
1: Yeah. So a lot of the things with especially um, this style of list that I've built a lot of the time, it's a counterpunch list. So you have your guy sitting behind... um, and then you just throw it out at them, over the top. So you've got your stone guard, and then you've got your blade lords behind your stone guard, and you throw curse out over the top. So, how
0: have you found the monster meta, by the way? Because we are we are either giving away a CP when you or a CP a, a victory point when you lose a monster, and you don't have a lot of monsters, and obviously no. you have really good spell casting. So metamorphosis works really well. Hey Bucky,
1: um, you've yeah. got
0: metamorphosis that works really well you don't yeah. have a lot of monsters outside of that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, we've got the cow and we've got Tetlas. They are our monsters. So, Lumineth don't play for the monster meta. We play for the the hero meta of just shoot the heroes. Control is it, it it to put it in terms of say Magic the Gathering. They're they're a control list. They are they're a blue blue style army where it's all about control more so than running over the top. And a great, I guess the great thing as well is you're not
0: giving away those victory points when you lose a monster. So initially I thought I had to get monsters. Like, I know when I, when I when I had that General's Handbook for the first time, I'm like, I need monsters. And I'm looking at Hydras in Cities of Sigma. I was looking. That's how I found that, you know, the, the Sharks aren't, aren't monsters anymore because of Broken Realms, updated the War Scroll. And I'm looking for all the monsters. And as I've kind of played and I've kind of been, you know, seeing how the game works... Yes, there are some battle tactics that give you free vict- uh, victory points if a monster is involved, but some of them are quite hard. You know, having three monsters involved with the run, well, not a lot of armies have three monsters, and then you're giving away it when they die. So if you go cheap monsters, and I know Chaos has more cheap monsters than we do, Yeah. but you give away them. So it's like, you know, what's the trade off, and is it even worth it? And I think the answer is having one monster is great,
1: yeah, having one, one. more than
0: one monster. For hit and yeah. Miss.
1: yeah, and, like, you can be the counter-monster meta with Lumineth. That's a big thing as well, is that you can go and put Stoneguard in Hunters of the Heartlands, and suddenly you've got these units that are very hard to kill that aren't affected by Stomp, aren't affected by Raw, and you have the ability to just hold up monsters with these characters or these units. So... so-
0: What's I know I know you've had a few other kind of characters you've been playing around with, whether it was um, the Law Seeker. And you talked a little bit about the changes where it's no longer unique. Uh, so, so it is unique now. Sorry, it's gone yeah, from yeah, being unique yeah. to not unique to back to unique. But yeah. then you've also got. I know you were playing with the twins. The uh, what was it the El- yeah? Elanar I tried the
1: and- twins. I, literally, I just wanted to try and make them work because uh, I'm my version of the twins that I've made is. The old school metal Tyrion and Teclis models. So, I've just made that as my conversion for my army. So, I really want to make it work. But for 285 points, they don't kind of bring enough to the army that can't be filled by two characters for less points that can then spread across the board. So, um, but I was, at I was looking time, at them. They're expensive. They are. For 285 points, they are expensive. But at the same time they have a plus one to cast on them at all times they are three up save base so they can go to a top save they've got a war scroll five plus shrug as a spell if you're near your general on a four up they give a cp you like you get an extra cp like they they have their uses the only issue is is that they're not really strong until at least turn three yeah like when that, when that sword is suddenly damaged three and then once they get in combat then they can suddenly teleport away and you're like oh god and they're not they have to finish nine away they have to finish 12 away and if they can't land they're just gone like it's yeah so I uh, i found with
0: one of the changes as well in the game is there's a while the board has shrunk slightly, um, and there's you know, there's less space to play on the way people are constructing their armies are different, and there's not all as many hordes as you used to. Obviously, you're going to play against zombie or skeleton hordes with grave lords, you're still going to see grots and skaven running you know, battle lines in hordes, but they for most us. parts, <laughs> yeah, but but for, but for most parts, you're not seeing a lot of hordes, which means you aren't seeing a lot of people taking you know a lot up a lot of board space i actually feel there's more board space maybe it's because people are putting in so many points into those monster heroes
1: yeah exactly um but then you've got armies like your ko like your um i guess especially your death and your Soul like grave lords now um that can they don't have to have a lot of units but they can have units in all over the board, which then are suddenly it's 24 inches between them to go, okay, well, they can't land here, 24 inches between these two units, they can't land here, and it's like, oh, God, there's not much board space where they can actually land, Um, because 24 inches on a smaller table is a big bubble. Yeah. like it started,
0: I, I i i learned that yeah. the hard way with um with and that's probably one thing i've learned as well is the the aura bubbles are, are, are quite they're a lot more generous now. Like if you have the Corn Demon Prince, for example, and you put – and it's a debuff, right? It makes you half movements and charge. Yeah. Um, when it's in the middle of the board with an 18-inch bubble all around it, that takes up probably half of the board, and it's very hard to get outside of that bubble. And I think that's probably one thing i found is if you've got a command point that affects, you know, 12 inches or 18 inches in the past because your force was spread out so much – you didn't feel like you had as much value from those bubbles, but now you're compressed. Now there are less objectives. Your forces aren't being spread out. You're seeing more people build death stars and, you know, really bundling a lot of their force into one one little pocket and then kind of move up and then spread. Yeah. Um, you're getting a lot more value from auras and bubbles and, and those 18-inch, 24-inch kind of yeah. threat ranges. Uh, and
1: in terms of looking at those big bubbles... For command abilities, uh, the Law of the Wind with Howling Gale is almost a must-take. Why? Uh, so it is a spell, goes off, I think it's on like a f- six or something. So it's quite me- It's a medium to low casting for c- considering the rest of the army, what they normally need to cast. It's quite low, uh, and the bonus that you get, it turns off command abilities, and it turns off a unit's ability to use or receive command abilities so you throw it on catacross and suddenly catacross's bubble turns off you throw it on you know all these heroes that are like cool i i get this massive bubble sweet no you don't hello corn demon prince your bubble doesn't mean nothing because i just turned it off
0: casting value seven by the way howling yeah. gaze yeah so like the gale.
1: With sorry. Howling gale. gale. yeah and but with lumineth it's just like seven is low <laughs> in terms of what you what you're casting like you it's quite easy to get a 7 with the rerolls the bonuses the yeah
0: any anything from your battle tactics have you have you noticed from a battle tactic or even a green strategy that you're finding a more favorable for you i mean cuz like the first thing i think about is like ferocious advance where everyone in first turn tries to do the run for three three characters or three units yeah now that obviously will break your your um what's your what's your little combo like they kind of uh, stick together and rose. yeah the shining get yeah, the shining company stuff. When yeah. you if you run those units, you break it. Um how have you found battle tactics with Lumineth?
1: Um pretty good so far. Um just literally uh looking at stuff like, you know, uh aggressive expansion is a really good one. Uh, Conquer is a really good one, especially with Illumina. The um, there's been a few really good ones. Uh, the ones that we generally find harder are like Bring It Down and stuff like that where you have to kill monsters because the the killing power with Lumineth isn't as strong. So. Um, Just give me two seconds, bro. I just gotta quickly put the dog in the room. We just found a lost dog. That's all right. In in the meantime, I'm gonna bring up.
0: I'll I'll bring up Hayden's list, and I'll I'll give you a bit of a sneak peek of what's what's about to come. So, what Hayden's list is going to bring up, and by the way, I'll just mute Hayden quickly. What. What you're noticing is um, this is a little bit uh, – one of the reasons why I love bringing Hayden on the show is Hayden likes to look, look at alternate builds. So if I wanted to go down the um, the traditional build of going, you know, the your Sentinels and your Wardens and, you know, get the Umbral Spell Portal, get, you know, Techless, get your Law Seeker in, that build's been done and you can definitely kind of pick that up. At the same token, you've, you've had Fox builds and you have generic builds. But um, Hayden, I know, is a big fan of, is it, um, I think I always pronounce this, I teased him and called him Aluminium, but uh, Alumnia, I think it is. But, you know, we, we can see here we've got the Stone Mage, we've got a Wind Mage, we've got the um, Caligrave. You've got two Caligraves, and I'll be curious to know why. Um, I'll unmute Hayden now. He doesn't know he's muted. You got two caligrees. You've got a Lore Seeker, Um yeah. You've wrapped this all up with um, the battle regiment and a warlord. So you've reduced your drops, but also got yourself the extra artifact. Um, you've got three units of blade lords. That's an interesting one, and I'll, I'll, I will find out why you've gone blade lords. Yeah. It's not a it's not a popular choice. Um, you've got some battle cattle, but specifically the the small moves. You've got two units of stone guard, which I know early on people talked about but rarely did people actually put those stone guard in. So I'd be curious to know yeah. why you've, you've gone back to, to the old school. you got your Dawn riders as well. And then you've, you finished off with a um, spirit of the mountain and yeah. cogs.
1: Yeah. So this is, I call this list, the red bull, um, because you have a cow that can double move, run and charge and fly. So, um, how, how, how for, for the folks so, playing at home who are uh, like, How so, are you doing this? Uh, Illumina, their command ability is run and charge. They're obviously got levitate in there, so you've got fly. Then you've got so levitate uh, is the universal spell, so universal that, spell, that is coming uh, that's
0: coming out of the core book, not out of the yeah. lumineth book.
1: Yeah, and then you've got speed of fish for doubling move characteristic, so you've got a cow that can move 12 base with a six inch run. So it's moving 18 and then charging. If you want to to strike with a cow or why, why, why would you, why would you do that?
0: Like, like talk to me about why you'd want to make a super fast flying. Because um, that's the one that
1: spirit of the mountains lack is speed. They are great until they get stuck. So the ability to make them jump out from behind your lines, so you can protect them, and then when this stuff gets a bit close, you can go suddenly. Okay, they can go wherever they want and pick out the unit that they need to kill.
0: Um, so it's not a, it's not a turn one type of like no. alpha strike, buff it no, up, and then just run at your face. But it's the ability no. to get where you needed to be during the game.
1: Yeah, uh, with it being Illumina, you get three Venari or Scenari units. They get a pre-game move. So I like Blade Lords because. Pre FAQ, um the most recent FAQ, which hopefully they come back and realise they done mucked up. Um the blade you could pass wounds off onto blade lords and blade lords get their save.
0: So what oh. we're talking about here now is that you can either take a ward save or you can bounce off with a shrug. So if you yeah. like for example, death players can, sh- can shrug wounds off from a necromancer to skellies. Um Cities of Sigma have the adjutant who can bounce off to a um honored retinue and in this case as well. So you either you can't have both. You can't yeah. bounce right. off to a to to your blade lords and then get a ward save on the blade lords. Yeah. It's one or the other at the so moment, think, as a as a time yeah. of recording.
1: Yeah. So I think the way that it should should run is that the thing that you're trying to pass wounds off from only gets the one save. However, whatever you're passing to should also get the save because the wording, for especially for Blade Lords, is that if you are within three inches of this model, you have to make that roll. You do not get a choice. So it's like, okay, well, if I'm sitting on an objective and now I have to make that roll, I don't get a choice. I have to make that roll. Mm. So suddenly I'm taking models off the board when maybe you don't want to be. And you're like, I want my hero to die. So.
0: Yeah, that's, that's exactly right, Paul. The, um, the, the, the bouncing. So if you're taking the bodyguard, correct. you know, yes. it doesn't allow you to, yeah, that's correct. Like, so yeah. even like if I had a unit of Phoenix guard, for example, and I was able to shrug the Phoenix guard, a four up ward save, I can't do it because I've already done the shrugs. It's one or the yeah. other at this time of recording. So it could
1: yeah. be changed. Um, Hopefully, because so, yeah. it, it is two different abilities and that, that's the way it should should play um, because there's not very many things in the game that have that. Um, it's the ward stave stacking, which was good that that changed. So,
0: so why, the, why the Blade Lords in? Why have you brought in Blade Lords Actually, compared to just putting in like Warden Sentinels or some so other type of there, troop?
1: They're in there for their two wounds apiece. They have an innate four plus spell shrug. So when someone comes in and goes, I'm going to Arcane Bolt, that unit, you're like, no, you're not. Four up shrug. Um, they have two separate attacks. One is the auto hit, wounds on a, uh, uh, from memory, it's wounds on a two and then, uh, sorry, wounds on a three and uh, wounds on two, yeah, and then it's minus two Ren, one damage.
0: Do you, so you say perfect put, strike or flurry of blows? Perfect perfect strike.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, it's a two. Yeah, wounds on a two. For Ren, two, for one damage. So it's good for throwing into a hero. And you go, cool, I really need to kill this guy. Here's five wounds pretty much automatically, unless you have a really good save. Um, They also have the Flurry of Blows, which is the one attack for every model within two inches, which is where you would look at it with Curse and go, okay, well, here's a unit of mortec Guard. I have five of them into a unit of 10 mortec who have Curse on them. I'm getting like 30 or 40 attacks into that unit. There's a lot of mortal wound output there. They're they're great as a that utility piece, as well as being able to shrug the wounds off. So generally, because it's Lumina, you can push a unit up off the line to suddenly support your law seeker. So your law seeker now has another ten wounds. Mm. Um, plus, they don't have big three-inch spears that you have to worry about breaking, and they're sword masters, and they look real pretty. They remind you of the old, the old high
0: elf yeah. um, sword masters. Yeah. So they are, they are pretty neat, and they're a different build. You know, I think you know Hayden. I know you have been here from the start, and I know you were playing a lot with sentinels and wardens and dawn riders. And this is a different look at that in that type of build. So I, I do like seeing them on the table. I haven't seen them on the table yet, but I'd like to see more of them. They they bring something different.
1: Yeah, a lot of the new builds do have blade lords in there for that extra wound capability. Um, they are very good at what they do. Uh, that their role is to keep things alive, um, and they do it well. At 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 time of writing, um, with it being Illumina as well, you do get that pre-game move. It is your movement characteristic that you get that pre-game move with. So your unit of dawn riders or two unit of dawn riders in this list. Can move fourteen inches before the game starts. Well,
0: do you? Is, is do you is make that move? If,
1: yes. So you make that move before the game starts uh, and first turn. So if you know that you're taking first turn, suddenly you can have dawn riders halfway up the table. Cool. I know I'm going to take first. They've suddenly moved twenty eight from the back line.
0: And I guess, I guess in that case, you're going to want to probably dr- go to a one drop or go as close to a one drop. If you're going to do that, you don't want yeah, to make exactly. a pregame move and you yeah. don't you don't get to go who's, who goes first.
1: Exactly, yeah. So it, it's good for know, knowing how many drops your opponent is and going, okay, well, are they going to give me first, yes or no? Let's see what their list is like. But, it, it, again, it, it's a toolbox thing. So if they have a low model count army, you can then screen out with Dawn Riders halfway up the table so they can't get to the rest of your army. There's, there's lots of things you can do with them.
0: I'm seeing a lot of discussion, by the way, about the Blade Lords and the bouncing of wounds. So um, yeah. we, we we both agreed prior to jumping on this on this chat that we think this still needs requiring more FAQ. I think it needs further clarity. Right now, as it stands, I think you'll probably see people will rule it as one or the other. Because um, yeah. as a City's player, I've mentioned it earlier, I could have an Anointed, um, i bounced bounce the wound off to a Phoenix Guard. Am I allowed to do it? I think right now the answer is no, but um, I know people are seeking further clarity because we've already had a ward, say, debacle. Um, so it's also depending on how your tournament organiser reads that rule, and a lot of them have just said one or the other. Yeah. I have an interesting question, and I haven't actually quite looked at this. I'm going to put you on the spot here, but that um, there's an Underworld's Warband Have you looked into the Underworld's Warband and its value in... I have.
1: I'm not a fan, personally. I don't think they bring enough to the table for what they do. Um, I do think that, again, every unit has its place. um, But the fact that it is a Blade Lord, a Sentinel, a Caster, it it doesn't have that, I guess one specific role that I know this unit can do this. And it's like, it, it's the old, it's, it's like Stonkast, good at lots of things, great at nothing. So, and you need to have units that go, okay, I, I can rely on this unit to do this. I know it can do this. Whereas the light Bringers or light callers are just like, they can kind of do a little bit of this and that, but they don't excel in anything. Like, I can bring a Cathalar or a Caligrave to do the same job as that. So, and you can just shoot Miari off and the unit doesn't go because they're not, yeah.
0: What, why have you taken the Caligrave and why do you have two of them?
1: Because they're 115 just, I'm just looking at the points. Now. <laughs> they're literally the cheapest hero in the book. And they're skinari so they make Lord's Battle Line. They do the same, exactly the same job as a Cathalar, minus the shifting of Aether Quartz in the battle shop. They're there, they're there literally to one, to sit in my shrine and give out buffs. Um, and also, their once per game ability is pretty good as well, where they pick a point on the board, plus one to cast and ignore Battleshock if you roll over the battle round.
0: Sorry, and I guess because way, you're I'm not sorry. because you're not taking the wardens and the sentients, you don't need to worry about the bravery stuff. So it's less of an impact for you, which is probably where yeah. the calf uh, the Caligrafe
1: comes in. You're getting the free CP or free command ability every turn. Sorry, from the shrine anyway. So it's like cool. I can on a two up make a unit immune to battle shock, or I can literally just go sick. Uh, I'm going to use my free command ability to make that unit immune to Battleshock. But, like, you can see in this list, it's units of five. So Battleshock really isn't an issue anyway. Like, if you're taking big units, so if you have a unit of 30 Wardens or 30 Sentinels, definitely take Cathalore. But if you're not and you're running MSU like this list, you don't really need it and you're paying extra points for something that you're not super going to use very often why did you why did you
0: go to dawn riders over the wind charges because i imagine there's a lot of people and i've seen a lot of people building the the wind charges and i think one they're just a sweet sculpt yeah. um, um two two i'm not seeing a lot of people take dawn riders and when they did it was just a cheap set of
1: bodies that would you know flank or screen yeah, or so cap objectives early wind riders i find don't have the same kind of damage output they're not wizards which is the big part of me taking Dawn Riders, is that, one, they're Wizards, so they uh, give me extra spells in this list. Two, they have Shining Company, so they're minus one to hit, and they absolutely just wreck chaff in combat. Whereas your Wind Riders, they're an extra 15 points on top of Dawn Riders. They're a five-up save base. Sure, they get an extra two inches of movement and can move over terrain like they fly, but once they get caught, they're very dead. Hmm like so like they're hell on uh in hell on they're great because they get extra shots cool they're three shots one for one whereas you've got your dawn riders they get into chaff they're suddenly doing mortal wounds they've got the flourish they can they've got a spell they, they're just they're a lot more of a toolbox unit and this list doesn't rely on shooting. It's not yeah. there for shooting. It, it, it's there to move around the board and be quick. Um, I was before sending this list to Anthony um, I was really going back and forth on having because I haven't played this list in a while I've been, as you said I've been playing soul of light. Um, the I've been tossing out between having three units of stone guard and one unit of dawn riders or two units of stone guard and two units of dawn riders. Um, landed on the Extranet Dawn Riders because the big thing with this list is that it, it's not super high movement. Lumineth aren't a real super fast army unless you're taking the Fox build or the the Hellon build. That that's That's where you get your speed from. And with the smaller board size, I don't know if you need speed as much as
0: you used to. Um, because you don't have to go and chase objectives. I mean, there's, there's yeah. arguments that yeah. speed is important. I'm, I'm not saying, I'm yeah, not yeah, saying no, speed is important. Just like, just like people are saying that um, REND 1 is useless. Well, no, REND 1 has a use, but it's not yeah. as valuable right. as it used to yeah. be.
1: Um, so the issue is, is that you need to catch stuff, and there's a lot of things out there that are faster. So for a combat army, the the issue is, because because this isn't a shooting army, this is a combat army, Um Things like Soul Blight, where most things are movement eight or more, unless you're taking zombies and Death Rattle. Like you look at Blood Knights, Die Wolves, all of the vampire stuff, they're all movement eight or higher. So you're moving four with your, with your Stone Guard, you're moving six with your Blade Lords. Most things, you're not catching a lot of stuff, like for a combat army, and then they can dictate where you fight. Whereas with Luminath, because they are so squishy, compared to those other armies, we don't bring models back as easy. We don't have the durability. You want to be able to dictate where you fight and when you fight. So having that speed in the Dawn Riders allows you to do that and clear screens away because bodies win, ob- bodies win objectives, objectives win games, Dawn Riders kill bodies
0: yeah yeah. Com- compared to I guess what my argument was was against the wind riders wind charges where yeah, they, like they, they had some cool things but I feel like they were they were better in 2e right yeah. now in 3e or at least while we're playing in I I don't see the upside right. on yeah. having wind charges other than being sick models
1: yeah and uh, other than that or being in hell on in hell on they get that buff with the extra shooting um but that's about it otherwise
0: they fall apart yeah yeah i think generally like you know and i think by the way you know people are probably surprised like you know why why no sentinels and i think the answer and by the way thank you poet for for the bits uh much appreciated
1: all as always why no sentinels because i'm the guy who doesn't want to run that crutch I think they're proven right? Like you know yeah, and, exactly. and by the
0: way, this is, we're not here to say this is the the, the, the one and only list to run. Correct, go yeah. take Hayden's list and go five and0 oh at the, the biggest tournaments in the world. Um, if you want to go down the warden build and the Sentinel build, it's already there, pick it up and go lift it. If you want to go Fox build, here's something a little bit different.
1: Yeah, they've been talk, the Fox build and the one build have been talked to death. so I, want, I always like to bring something different to the table and something that you guys can go and take away and play with and go, okay, this, yes, you can play Lumineth and you can have an engaging game with your opponent rather than it being just, you know. I, I'm and if you want to take if you want to take the
0: Wardens and Sentinels, it's quite easy. It, you yeah, it, drop, it, you, you drop, drop some of the Stone Guard, drop one of the units or two units of, of Dawn Riders, um, switch out the Blade Lords to be Wardens. Um, For your battle line, so
1: exactly, yeah. There's definitely different uses for different uh, different units, and we've been going. It's it's pretty much been the main theme: is that this army is a toolbox army, the same way that Soulblight's a toolbox army. There, there's ways that you can play that aren't the one build, and you can still do well. You can still go three, two, four, one with a good, a decent list that you engage with your opponent. You don't have to. If you want to go five and zero, you can take those strongest strongest units in the book the strongest army in the book and go and do that this list is more so f- for something that is a little bit different that makes you think a little bit more
0: yeah this was more cities uh, as opposed to having a various tools that can respond yeah. to the game and you're having a more engaging game uh, And it's probably one of the arguments that people would have as an opponent where some people may feel bad being shot off the board by 30 sentinels uh, before the game started. Talk to me about the Stone Guard. Talk to me about why you would bring them into so this. because for me, Stone was Guard
1: better. I don't understand how the argument is that they're worse. They went up 20 points? Sure. They still ignore when Rend One. You now have all-out defense plus Aether Quartz. So you can use all-out defense every turn. So suddenly you have Stone Guard on a three-up, ignoring Rend one every turn. Like... You used to have to use Aether Quartz for that. You can now Mystic Shield them plus, you know, all our defense, and you suddenly have a two-up save ignoring Rend 1 on Stoneyard. You have well, not, not, and... not Not, not two-up. you still Yeah, but up. it's essentially you can, you can, you can Rend 2. Ignore, yeah. Yeah, you can ignore Rend Ren 2. Yeah, so outside of your Metrica, you can ignore Rend that. Sorry. Yeah. St- no, just 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 uh, yeah, just, in, just just in case yeah, someone yeah.
0: thinks that you could actually go yeah, to two yeah. sides. So if, if no, it's a st-
1: the stacking saves allow you to again ignore rend one and then essentially ignore rend two in that. Yep. So it, it you can then use ether chords and then suddenly your rend two is still plus one to your save because you essentially have plus three to your save. So there's definitely ways of getting great saves on stone guard and not have them die. Um, and the diamond pick hammers themselves are fantastic for just mortal wound output. Two attacks each, sixes do mortals I- instead of damage. So, in the high save meta and like all these stacking saves, mortal wounds are invaluable. So, any way that you can get mortal wounds are fantastic. Um, they're a good, um, I guess, anvil unit to stick in front of your squishy stuff because you don't really, if they die, cool. You're not really phased. If the stuff behind it dies that you're trying to protect, that's where you start having issues. So I've had, uh, like Flesh to Court stuff, hit my front line, um, and just bounce off my stone guard. I've had lots of things just bounce off the stone guard. And then the good thing you can do as well is that at the end of the combat phase they push stuff away. So mm-hmm. you can go, okay, well, I'm in, currently within three inches of the stuff behind. Sweet, I'm going to push them back so now they're no longer within three inches and my stuff behind is no longer locked in combat. So they are still, in my opinion, the best screening unit in that book.
0: And What's really cool as well is there's a couple of battle tactics which are going to be based around, you know, Claiming claiming an objective or claiming two objectives or more objectives in your opponent. So all of a sudden, you know, you start denying an opponent um, You then start adding some of the other additional weird stuff like, um, you know rally or redeploy or some of the cool new abilities and You really do have that toolbox um that allows you, you know, and to to Hades' point, you know, it, there's a bit of babysitting, and you're right. Like, it's yeah. it's not a point. These are these are not point and click lists. And I think no. some of the other builds are points and clicks. There is a bit of risk versus reward, but I think you you're seeing a bit yeah. more interactivity in this style of listing. You might enjoy your games a little bit more. But look, take take it what you take what you want. Yeah, run some right. of the stone guard. Think reconsider dawn riders. I you don't see a lot of dawn riders in people's no, lists, draw, and I think dawn
1: riders have always been good. Uh, they've never been great, but they've always been good. Um, and the fact that they are still one of the quickest units in the game and you can get them moving 28 inches. I think a big unit of Dawn Riders in Hellon is being slept on a little bit. Um, a unit unit of 10 in Hellon where you just do the pods at each end and then speed of hish, cool, end of the combat phase. Uh, we're going to retreat 28 inches. So you've, your front line that's just smacked their army is now – back on your side of the board and they have to come to you and you've now got a screen of Dawn Riders in front.
0: Yeah. it's. I like it. I like it. I I like some different builds. And um, what was I going to I was going to ask you something. I have any... Oh, I know what I was gonna ask you. The question I ask a lot of order players, and I think there's two two things that I, I, people are always curious about. Yeah. One, uh, Little Ginger Ninja himself, Gotrek. Do you like <laughs> do I, you I've like got,
1: Go- I've got a Gotrek got- got Altharian list in my back pocket. Um, I've played it a couple of times. It is very silly. I wrote it as a meme list when three three dropped, thinking oh, Gotrek's gonna just, just still be a still be a meme, still gonna be like not great. And then I'm like, this is Gotrek's silly. Godfrey is very silly
0: for his But point. do you like him in the Lumineth list? Do you like him or do you not like him?
1: Uh I he fills the role of a monster. So you have him in there if you don't have a spirit of the mountain, if you don't have a Techless. Not not so... keyword
0: monster, not keyword monster. Not just... keyword monster,
1: but he, he fills the role that a monster does. So he's your damage dealer. He's your hammer. So you throw him out and he just annihilates everything he touches. Um, he the Gotrek Eltharion list, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So that, that list is Gotrek Eltharion, three units of Blade Lords, three units of Stoneguard, uh, Lawseeker, Caligrave, a couple of other little heroes in there as well. But like that, it, it's literally it. Is that you have? They can go on separate sides of the board, or they can run around together, and then they've got two threats that people have to deal with because Eltharian kills a lot of stuff um, on his own and Gotrek kills a lot of stuff. So if you come up against a Belakor, for example, it's like, okay, cool. Who are you going to go with? You're going to Belakor, Gotrek, and then Eltharian can just do everything he can on the other flank? Or do you Belakor, Got- Eltharian, and then Gotrek just goes, <laughs> I'm, I'm an angry dwarf who's just going to run at you?
0: If you only took one, which one would you prefer? Gotrek? Or Lotharian?
1: Mm, It's hard. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those things where Godtrek's more survivable and he does more damage, but he's also nearly double the points. Whereas Mm. Lotharian is less points, less survivable, but also you can then take more stuff. And as we've been saying, Lumineth are light on bodies. Objectives win games. You need to make sure that you can do both. So it's one of those... (laughs) Dan, if you do, Dan, if you don't, depending on who you pick, you have to adjust your list up outside of it. I could, I,
0: I could see All that work really well against some of this, like monster meta, right? These hero monsters, right? You send those two threat pieces, and you're seeing people right now. Like, I think people are starting to learn how to handle Gotrek, where you know you just try to avoid him out of combat. You you either redeploy and stay away and make those charges harder, or you have some movement yep. shenanigans. You find ways to move, uh, have these move and charges, or even. You know, apply rules where, he, you know, Dark Master, for example, and stop him from moving altogether. But, um, but having some threats, at least having one on each side or both together, you could really pull down that RK on, that yep, Nagash, exactly, yeah. that Marathi. Oh, Marathi is obviously three
1: wounds apiece, piece, but yeah, you you've got you've got the Sentinels to, yeah. And, and, and like I was saying with the changes to the wording, if you shoot Little Marathi or you damage Little Marathi, Big Marathi doesn't get a shrug against it. Because it transfers Gosh. off. Yep. So
0: there's no fanatical faith.
1: No. So you don't get your shrug against it and then on either one, you just do the damage. She little Marathi doesn't get a shrug and it's just yeah. Yeah. The
0: other the other question I've got is um is the Mega Gargants. Um is there a place for Bundo, Bundo whale biter, uh
1: a five hundred point lug in this force? God Trek tools are to all better than Bundo, less points. You don't lose a command. He's less points. You don't lose a command point at the start of turn one. Um, there, there's better options within Lumineth, I think. And like the Leviathan, like was being brought up. If Bundo counted as more than five models, hundred percent. Yeah, but the fact that he only counts as five, and you're so light on bodies overall, you there's better things. In terms of what you can do, so. it is a point.
0: It is a big point sink, but you do get monstrous rampage. You, you do get um, a heroic
1: action. You take um, out. Yeah, yeah, you could take out, take, take out. More more survivable than Bundo, is it? it get, for th- for thirty five wounds versus the spirit of the mountain. No, I uh, sorry, Velanor. You can take a i t- Yeah, who's. He, then got a three-up save, an 18-inch minus one to hit bubble around uh, – sorry, a uh, 12-inch minus one hit bubble around him to everything. Like, he, he's got aether quartz. He can go to a two-up save ignoring Rend 1. Like, and he gets the protection of Hish as well. So –
0: I know we talked about Levidon's as a good monster option as an ally because your only ally right now is Lu- uh, Deepkin, Deepkin. Um, unless <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird one. It's a weird which- one. Let's commit genocide. You- you're still our ally. So <laughs> it's, like, it's like Father's Day every time you <laughs> rock up to a tournament. Like we just outside of the Levidon, which is a monster. And I know yeah. in the past you've talked about the shark. You've about the Alapex that supports or you know runs around with your Dawn Riders. Yeah. Is there anything that also might be worth it um, in Deepkin?
1: Um, Soul Scribe, which we've already talked about. Yeah, um, for curse. Uh, I'm. I was torn on the Eidolon because now you you still got the, the bravery debuff build, which is still fantastic, but especially now that you can't arcane. Oh, sorry. Um, bloody what's it called? uh inspiring presence everything anymore you can only inspire presence one unit so you just go cool board wide minus two to bravery i'm going to pick these three units to have another minus one to bravery and then you just keep stacking bravery debuffs kill one model in the unit and then half the unit runs away like there's still ways of doing it um Hmm. just with the amount of death around there's there's a lot of chaos and a lot of death Chaos isn't so bad because it's bravery 10 and you can get like minus three or four to their bravery. Like it, there's still ways of doing it that way. I think the issue more so is, is death with Nagash and board wide ignore battle shock. You go with, um, uh, what is it bloody? What's it called? Uh, OBR, who would never take battle shock anyway. You hit these guys and it's like, cool. They don't care. Like you come against come up against Gargants and you're like, I don't have the damage to kill one, and they don't take battle shock. And Gargants, well, yeah, most of the time people are running the Megas. They're they're not running big blocks of Man Crushers. Yeah, exactly. And it's like cool. I can get them to minus four to bravery, and if I've got a Cathalar, I can do that. But if I don't have a Cathala, then oh god, I'm in deep doo doo, because you still need to roll over their bravery and their bravery. What nine base is a Mega Gargant? Who are Megas? Yeah, uh,
0: seven or eight. They're not that good. Okay,
1: so you still, if you minus three to their bravery, you still need to roll over, a, you know, a, a five or a four or five. But like, which is great, but you still got three others to deal with, or two others to deal with, and some man crushes. You're only like stopping one of their units, and then you have to deal with the rest. So.
0: And what's cool if you're someone like me who also owns Cities, you can combine the force and um, they brought out Settlers' Gain, which is a combo Cities yeah. Lumineth build, which um, I really like. I think you know, this is not the, this is not that the Settlers' Game show, but um, I do to be able to cherry pick some of the best of Lumineth and, and my- Settlers oh. and Settlers,
1: yeah. Because it's cool. I mean, Settlers, I still know all the Lumineth spells.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you be protected by phoenix guard and have phoenixes and have the you know, iron yeah. drakes and all that yeah. stuff
1: but all, all the other fun stuff with you get in settlers but that's a that's another time <laughs> it is a different show i think overall
0: i really like lumineth um it's nice to see them on the table as always please don't yeah. shoot me with your mortal wounds um yeah. i think you've got some good options in there do you want to run a traditional second edition build yes you can yeah. Do you so want to I go down something great. different? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You've still yeah. got, like, um, I, yeah. Mean, yeah, I mean, more. Actually, probably another good comment, like Morsar guard, you know, problem, that also could possibly be a good. Um, Coherence is an you, issue
1: with Morsar now.
0: Well, you go th- You could go three defensive, the defensive one, the Ishland, yeah, ish,
1: but Ishland Ishlan have more play in third ed. Ishland are yes. so good. So, yeah. so good. Um, but, Again, Dkin show, that's another one. But No, but it's, it, a yeah. it's a good ally choice. It's a good ally choice. But it's, if you're gonna go into
0: allies, the, the problem is when you go into side, Morse- yeah. you take a unit of six, coherency starts and, becoming an issue and, and you're relying on the shots.
1: They're yeah. super high in points. And like you're not gonna you're not gonna sink all these points into a unit that dies easily, doesn't get any benefit from your armies, allegiance abilities. Um but the Ishlayan uh A real, real good anvil because of the charging on a three-up save. They get the... You say versus Dawn Riders? Um, Dawn Riders for me still because they're wizards. And they're natural inside your army. They're natural inside the army. They don't have any of the issues. Um, If you take them, you take them as an anvil. That's the only reason I'd take them because they don't do very much damage output, um, but they do have a whole bunch of... Good saves. If you've got Teclas in the list, it's even better because it's protection of Teclas and protection of Hish is friendly models. It's not friendly Luminath models. So Gotrek, Ishlayan, Levidon all get the protection of the 5-Up Shrug.
0: Final question, and then we'll kind of bring it home, yeah. is I fell in love with the Banner Man, Bla- the Banner Blade. Oh, the, yeah. He was a sweet model. Is there, is there a reason to bring it in 3E? Because obviously one totems will give us an 18-inch kind of range for our command points. Um, I'm looking at the war scroll now.
1: I think I think he works well in an Illitha build with Wands and Sentinels. You take him in places like I have Caligraves in my list. You drop you drop a Caligrave and put him instead, and you sit him inside of your um, shrine. Because then you're measuring from the outside of a shrine for the bubble. Um and you're giving your benefits that way. Um mm. to or, to that build. Uh, he, he's the yeah, martial character. He
0: doesn't have a, he doesn't have a command ability to to trigger from the other than the obviously generic ones.
1: And the ones from the temples. It's the one from the temples that you want oh, to use. Of course, of course. Yeah.
0: I was yeah. looking at the war scroll going, there's no command ability. Why would you no, it's, why it's, would you use temples. That?
1: So it's the one from the sorry, the great nations that you want to use it for. So it's, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's where it generally um, is good. So
0: All right. Final question, and then I'm going to have breakfast and walk the dog, and it's a nice way to end the show. Hades asked, uh, do you have any tips on the way you place the shrine?
1: Um, generally, I'll look at where the objectives are or potentially coming down, and then I'll sit three inches back from the front line or just over three inches back from the front line for exactly that
0: reason. Yeah. For, and the reason is Monstrous Rampage because in second edition, only it was only the Mega Gargons, specifically the Gatebreaker and, Mega Gargons who could Severeth. destroy. Oh, yeah, and Severeth. But, I mean, at the time you didn't see a lot of yeah. Mirror Match Severeth, but, I mean, you, you kind of do now. But the Gatebreaker was destroying faction terrain. Now every monster has the ability to destroy faction terrain, to turn it off. So um, so you, you you obviously want to play aggressive with it to make the most of um, the abilities, but at the same time, you don't want to be too aggressive that uh, a monster gets into yeah. the backfield, monster's able to get close to it, and then use um, one of the monstrous rampages.
1: Like we were saying, though, as well, a 24-inch bubble on the new table is very big. And with the changes to the shrine, which is now long, no longer 12 inches, turn one, and then when you have a guardian and it, it's turn from turn two onwards, it's 24 inches. It's now just always 24 inches. So it's you can sit it at the back and still have the, the bubble on their side of the table. It's, it's a massive bananas. bubble. It's it massive. It's absolutely bananas, but that's just, that's just me. So um, it is it is the best piece of faction terrain in the game, bar none. Bar none. Free command ability every turn. Reroll. A cast, unbind, and dispel every turn. If it was every Look, battle round, yeah. But it's literally every turn. It's good. It's definitely good. Very I'm not going to disagree with you. For free, it's very good. Yeah, of course,
0: of course. Um, thank you, Hayden. By the way, this has been awesome because, and, and again, one of the reasons I wanted Hayden back. One, you, you all. I got a lot of people asking me when we're going to get Hayden back. So appreciate that you all um, wanted to see Hayden. Two. I, I really appreciated seeing a different way like i haven't seen a lot of wind mages i haven't seen a lot of color i haven't seen a lot of stone guard and blade lords and this whole show has always been about here's some ideas take what you want if you like something else if you love your banner blade lord banner dude if you love your fox build if you love i don't know you love um kangaroos the wind Chargers, yeah. cool Take some of these concepts and ideas and then build around it. Maybe exactly. add X or think about, think about bringing a spirit of the mountain where you haven't been in the past. It's it's all about ideas.
1: Yeah, that's it. Guys. And just remember, it is a toolbox book. You can take all of these things and go have fun with it. it it's not a book where you have to take the one bill to be competitive. You can go 3-2 with a lot of the things in this book. If you're looking to be a guy at a tournament who's there to have fun, you can... You can still go three two with a fun list. You don't have to go. I'm going to take a fun list and then expect to lose every game. It's still yeah. a very strong book. You can go five and zero. You can go three two. If you really want to go zero and five, you can go zero and five. But you know, it, it it's one of those books where it can do everything, and that's why it's still up the top of the the tier lists because it has all those has all those tools. So. All the tools.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's good. But as always, let me know in the comments section, how are you building your Lumineth? Lots of interesting ways, whether it's through the Great Nations, whether it's through particular units. If you disagree with us about wind charges and you think wind charges are good and you have a reason to use wind charges or if you think there's some secret list tech with, I know in the past you talked about the Lord Regent and things like that. Like if, you know, if there are things
1: that you are using that, we I'm haven't talked about let it us know right, so just yeah De- definitely if you guys have any questions hit me up let me know and i'm and run the beefer of secrets run the beefer of secrets um and if you want to talk list tech
0: discord you know where it's at my Liz discord link is below go join it we've got some some good lumineth players in there uh also some wingers, but we mostly have good lumineth players as well um and if you want to chat to hayden your your Twitter handle is either down here or about to be added here and yep. you can chat more to Hayden.
1: Yeah. I am all over the place guys. So
0: perfect. All right. Well, I'm going to make breakfast and I go walk the dog. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Hayden for chatting and sharing some awesome insights. Let Thank me, me know what you back, think man. below comment stuff, all that YouTube things. All right. I'm going to go. Peace out. See you guys. Thanks for sticking around until the end, I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video, as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so link is down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through patreon or youtube members that is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel so thank you very much guys much appreciated and until next time roll more sixes